Okay, I've hit record. Oh, apparently I only have six more trial days. So maybe it's not free. <laughs> that explains why it's working. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's so nice to meet you, uh, Ryan. Uh, and and you, you posted a video uh, called Phalloplasty Ruined My Life, right? Was the name of your video? Correct. And, and, and I'm Exolensic, and you very graciously agreed to come on and tell your story, which is quite oh, a story. Oh, oh. And, and thank you so much for, for, for doing that, because I think that uh, uh, we, we may disagree on a lot, uh, but I do think that we share a common goal with of making sure something like this doesn't happen to anyone else. Mm. So, and um, where would you like to start? I, I want to give you control over how you tell it. Um, hmm. Don't mind me. I always work the 16 hour shifts. My brain's like, Foggy. Sure. But um you can start wherever. I can just like piggyback off whatever you want to talk about. Sure. Um so well then uh you you had a, a stage one phalloplasty in March, March eleventh, which was very inauspicious, very, very poorly timed to twenty twenty. Right. That Before been... everything went downhill. Did you actually know that the lockdown had started when you went into the surgery or, or was it like no, the day No, the lockdown didn't come into effect until maybe a day or two after I had surgery. So I was like recovering in the hospital. Yeah, your phone dings, by the way. It ding. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> like you got a notification saying, by the way, the world's closed. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, literally, I'm like, oh, I don't see no notification. <laughs> Um, oh no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's, uh, that must've been, that must've been, been horrifying. Um, although back in those days, I, I, I expected it to end after a couple of weeks, um, right. like said it would, but then it, it just didn't, but that wasn't that then, so then you were, you, your, your second surgery got pushed back and the first surgery left you on a, on a, with a, with two catheters, right? The Foley and the super. Yeah, exactly. Correct. Correct. Um, and then you had the second surgery and that's where things really, really went downhill. Originally, no, the, we didn't know about the issue until a little down the line. So at first they were doing tests. I went through three urologist among this journey so far. Um, originally they thought I had like stones in the urinary tract. And then upon more tests and then actually going in there to see it like firsthand, they realized it wasn't stones, that it was indeed a fistula between my urethra and my rectum. Mm. And, and that, that car probably would have put you at risk of uh, infection. Definitely. I think since I started phalloplasty, I've been on meds for UTIs on and off at least four, maybe five times mm. in almost a two year span. That's, that's often. Yeah, that's pretty often. Yeah. And and uh, and and so to, to to kind of explain further, like this is a hole that is formed, that that creates a pathway between your rectum where there's feces, yeah. uh, through where you 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 had a vaginectomy, so you no longer have a vagina, so that's somehow connected, and then then from there it's then further connected to your urethra where it can then go up into your bladder, into your kidneys. And then into your whole body potentially as sepsis, mm. and that can happen at any time, basically. Basically. And and then so to prevent that, 
they actually cut a hole in the side of your stomach and have created a stoma, an opening, mm -hmm. a permanent opening. And to that, you uh, they rerouted your small intestine, I'm assuming? Yes. Right? Stoma, and then a bag is attached to that. And so feces and gas is coming out of that as, at a continuous rate from peristalsis, the movement of the intestine. Sad. Is, is is quite awkward socially. Not even the fact that it's awkward socially. I feel like when I first seen the not, um, stoma, I almost threw up because I was like, what is this? I was very, I don't want to say appalled, but I feel like a regular person wouldn't know what a stoma is unless you had some kind of like medical background or you knew someone. Yeah. That someone. And so seeing it upon waking up from surgery, I was like, oh, like, it's basically an inside out asshole. Can I swear on this channel? Sure. Okay. Yeah. It's basically an inside out asshole on my stomach. This is real lovely. <laughs> and then that was back in July. Fast forward, we're almost in January. Um, I was supposed to have a urethrogram a few weeks ago. Didn't end up going. Mm. I rescheduled it for, I think two weeks from now. So hopefully my anxiety actually lets me go to this appointment. So, so it was the, the, um, you had anxiety reaction and that's why you didn't go to the last one. Yeah. Cause I feel like every time I go to like, see this person who, who had no, um, part in this original surgery, it's more like she's the one trying to fix this issue. Cause that's like her, um, area of study. And so I feel like every time I go to see her, despite the fact that it wasn't her that originally created this issue, it's just always negative news. Like, all oh, the fistula is still there. You might need another surgery to try to fix the fistula, or you can try waiting it out by keeping the bag on longer and see if it heals on its own. But no matter what option you pick, it's still a surgery. It's either a surgery to try to fix the fistula again, or it's a surgery to... Sur surgery to try and reverse the colostomy bag. What, what I don't understand is that the fistula, if you, if you Google the definition of a fistula, it says that it's like it's already healed. So I don't understand how they expect it to heal on its own. Do they, do they, it sounds like maybe they expect it to irritate and then scar back to itself and then close on its own that way. But it's, it's not just gonna magically reconnect the way that- Right, it so it's, last time I looked at it, it was a lot smaller than what it originally was, mm. but it still remained open. And so I feel like the only reason why I even kept this bag for this long was in hopes that the fistula would close up or close up enough to where it's no longer a problem and that I could finish this nightmare of a surgery. But at this point, I'm kind of in too deep to just stop it at this point is how I look at it. Because now it's kind of like I have like a partial phalloplasty, but I don't have like the full nine yards. I don't have the erectile device. I don't have the testicle implants. I don't have the ability to urinate standing up. And mm -hmm. to me, that was one of the main reasons why I wanted the surgery was sort of, you know, urinate standing up. And then of course for sexual reasons as well, but mm -hmm. I didn't expect it to be this overdrawn out nightmare. I knew complications were a thing but I feel like they don't really go into the severity of what complication you could have come across. It's just like, oh, they need surgeries and complications, but they don't specify what exactly could go wrong and how long the time frame you'll be in. Yeah. What, what was your consent process? Was 
Did you get the surgery through getting therapy, therapist letters for having gender dysphoria? Did you go through their informed consent process, which I understand allows you to bypass the mental health evaluation? So to rewind a little bit, I started transitioning at 17 in that back then, I know it's different now, back then you had to actually see a therapist, like a gender therapist, you get mm -hmm. the approval that you were indeed experiencing um, gender dysphoria and so forth. And they had the option to whether or not prescribe um, hormone therapy. But since I was only 17, I needed parental consent and my parents signed off on it after much hesitation. I don't want to say because they were against it, but they were very unaware of what exactly it entailed. You feel like your, your parents also weren't really given informed consent on what it meant to be putting you on these, these hormones? No. And 10 years ago, it were, you, you're 27 now. So, so 17, when you were 17, that would have been about 2010, 2011? 2012. 2012. Okay. So, so we were transit. Uh, I was trans about the same time. Like that, that was when I was identifying. So it's like, that's, oh, that's wow. yeah. Yeah. So from like 2009 to 2013 was, was when I was really um, identifying that way. That was when I was at Berkeley in the gender studies program. And then I went to San Jose state. And so in 2012, I would have been at San Jose state. And that's when I remember hormones becoming more of a thing in the, in the circles that hadn't been a thing in the, what I were basically, it seemed like the same community at Berkeley. So I think that it just kind of, there was a, a push by some forces. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing having to do with the manufacturer of, of these, these, some of these hormones. Um, but in any case, so, okay. So, so you were put on the testosterone at 17, mm -hmm. um, and your parents had gave you, cons gave consent for you, but you don't feel like they were really educated on that. Um, did you, did you have side effects from the testosterone that, that, uh, give you problems or that you were surprised by? As far as hormone therapies gone, I've had no issues. Um, Majority of the surgeries, I've been fine. Hysterectomy was a little tricky because upon like finishing the surgery, she nicked the vaginal vault. And so when I woke up in recovery, I was a little delirious, but I was somewhat like, aware of what was going on. And so I kept screaming like, hey, I feel wet, I feel wet, I feel wet. But they kept trying to reinsure like, oh, you have a catheter, this, that, and the fourth. But I'm like, no, like something feels wet, something feels wrong. And so after me like making a scene for good, like maybe five to ten minutes, um, they finally checked. Turns out I was bleeding. And so I was rushed back into surgery to fix this little tear that was in the vaginal wall. And so then I kind of wonder if that little issue has played a role in right. regard to my phalloplasty process. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, because it seems when I me mentally pictured, it, it seems like there would have to be two fistula, so it would make sense if she if she nicks the what I'm picturing for the vaginal vault that that would be one of them, and then the other one would cause be cause somewhere else. Because otherwise, I don't understand how she would where where the rectovaginal fistula would have come from that would then connect to the urethra urethra vaginal fistula that I understand from a phalloplasty, but um, that that logic makes sense to me um, that 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 might be where part of it came from. Yeah, so when I've been thinking about that, I was like, I wonder if that kind of played a role. But then, like, who's the six? I feel like if that did play a role, that like they would have seen it sooner rather than later. I feel like I feel like they didn't discover the fistula until later down the journey, so to speak. Like if if they had if they had uh, noticed it then, 
you mean? That there should have been something that, that they caught at the time, knowing that they had done something that caused you to bleed a lot? Well, no, not from the hysterectomy standpoint. I feel like from like once I started foul plastic and once I was going through the stages and they were doing the tests, see how everything was looking internally, I feel like yeah. that would have popped up sooner rather than later if it was an existing problem all these years. But then again, I'm not an expert, but that's just something I wonder about, you know. I'm, I'm just trying to make sure I understand. So you you think that the so so they're telling you that the that caused part of it and you don't think that because you didn't have a problem sooner? No, no, no. They're not saying that, but I'm just saying when I had the hysterectomy, that was the only issue I had. There right. was no issue with the top surgery. There was no issue with the hormones. Okay. No issue with top surgery, no issue with hormones, but you had this issue with the hysterectomy. Yes. And that was, uh, and you had the hysterectomy because of the hormones? I had the hysterectomy because I knew at some point I wanted bomb surgery, but after the hysterectomy, it was a very draining recovery, not physically, more like mentally, because like the mood swings and like you're hot, you're cold, you're hot and you're cold. It was just kind of a lot. And I was like, don't like under surgery anytime soon. And I was really feeling it. And so I had a hysterectomy back in 2015. And you think I didn't have phalloplasty until 2020. So that's a good like five-year gap where I didn't have any surgery. I was just taking hormones, not consistently, but like here and there. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. So, all right. And so you've had you've had the top surgery. Was the top surgery done when you were 17 too, or was that more? No, no, no. I was of legal age. I was 18 when I had my top surgery done. Okay. And that one, that one fine, you didn't have complications from that? No. Wait, no, sorry. I was 19. Right. But no, there was no issue with the top surgery. Okay. Um, and so now your, your, your situation is that you are, um, I think you said you had your stage two phalloplasty in May of 2020. And then you have, have you had a stage three yet or you're, you're, you're in limbo still? I'm pretty much in like standby until this whole official thing is under control. Got it. Which is why like it's caused a, more trauma than what it probably would have if it was a temporary thing. But mm -hmm. it's just the fact that there's no real time frame how long I'm going to be waiting. Because I moved back to Massachusetts back in... 2018, 2017, thinking that, okay, I'm gonna come out here, stay yeah. with my parents for a little bit. I live on my own now, but stay with my parents for a little bit, um, get the surgery, and then once that's over with, go back to the West Coast or maybe even go to a different country. But the plan was not to stay here this long. And now I feel like I'm kind of trapped because I'm in between stages. Mm -hmm. And there's always the route like, oh, you can see another surgeon, but every surgeon has like a wait list. And then not to mention every surgeon has like their bad cases too. So at that point, it's like, you're still playing with fire no matter who you go to. It's hard. It's hard to pick out a good surgeon. And, and I, I, I worry about why people are getting into this right now, given that it's kind of a gold rush, it feels like. Um, so, so it, uh, and it, it seems like. I don't, I don't see a huge, huge motivation for them to not do this, uh, to, to do a good job. Cause it seems like if you, if you, once you have this problem, I think you, you mentioned that you have, they, they estimated six revision surgeries to fix the, uh, fistula alone. 
It's not um, surgery, it's a fifth official. It's six surgeries at least to finish the phalloplasty. To fix the phalloplasty. That is a long, long-term patient. Yeah. You're, you're a young person and, and, and you're supposed to be enjoying your life. That is a lot of disability, a lot of time yeah. off, a lot of pain and suffering. Definitely. And, and this is affecting you emotionally because you're, you're not able to even go to these appointments sometimes, which is totally understandable. So I, I worry that perhaps it's, it's in my posts, uh, it's, it seemed like to some, it came across as, is that I was mocking that the fact that you're mm -hmm. struggling with that. I, I really don't mean to mock that. I, I understand it. I struggle with agoraphobia too. It's, it's hard to leave the house. Sometimes it's hard. It is hard. It's hard. It's hard to get to appointments. It's, it's hard to go places you need to go. If it means going to places you don't want to go to, it's, 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 I have a lot of like, it, and I think anyone who went through what you went through would want to avoid anything that felt like a doctor. Definitely. But you know, like, it comes, it comes to the fact that like, it's like affecting my work life too. Cause it's like, I'm not one like why we're like, I skip work often, but there's a lot mm -hmm. of days where like, I'm not in the right mindset to want to go to work. But I still go because, like, obviously, like, I have bills. I need to pay bills. Yeah. But then I wonder, I'm like, you know how nice it would be just to take a break from everything and just have time just, like, isolate and focus on, like, getting my mental health back to where it needs to be. Then I'm like, I can't. I have bills. And so that's why I kind of feel like, in a sense, like, my life was kind of taken from me because now, like, I have all this trauma that I'm trying to heal from that I don't really have the time to heal from. Cause I'm just constantly working, trying to pay bills, trying to make the most out of life and try to like do things that I enjoy, but it's just overwhelming. I, I, I think it's it's good that you um, made that video. I hope I hope that 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 um that can that can get you connected with some some resources somehow. Um I know I know you're you're trying to uh, potentially um seek uh some 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 legal relief of some sort potentially but that you're in, in extremely early stages and and you haven't criticized the doctors themselves um and and aren't really sure what your options are um so so i i, I apologize to back up regarding the lead up to this you said that the, uh, when you started that gender therapy was required so you did go through some period of gender therapy yes I was doing gender therapy and then I made my gender therapist my regular therapist for good, mm, maybe until I was 23. So what is that, six years? Mm. So did that, uh, And but then since then you haven't been in therapy? No, cause I just kind of feel like, I know the whole point of therapy is to talk about your problems to try to find a solution or like how to cope. But I feel like, this isn't really, oh, shit, my fault. It's not really a healthy. It was me. It was me. I did it. Oh, no. It's my, just, my mind powers. I'm just going to hold my phone at this point. This um, is her fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know it's not really a healthy mechanism, but I feel like when I talk about my problems, I start to think more about them. And sometimes how like they're out of my control and I can't do anything about it. So I get mm. more stressed thinking about it. And so I try to, I don't want to say ignore my problems, but brush them aside and stay busy doing Lord knows what, whether it's working or just, you know, online shopping <laughs> on Amazon. <laughs> Good plans. 
I just got a, a, a litter box that's one of those self-cleaning ones. Oh, I nice. saved how much I spent on it. Why? How much was it? One fifty. Yeah, for a litter box. <laughs> Did Oprah make this litter box? <laughs> it wasn't even the most expensive one. Oh. I, I have a disability, and so I've, I'm I'm did uh, it because this small repetitive hand mo movements that you have to do every single day it adds up. So I'm getting to the point. I have I have something called Eagle Syndrome. I have a malformation in my neck that uh, gets worse as I get older. Unfortunately, it's annoying. I mean, the, the malformation itself it just kind of calcifies. So in that sense, it gets worse. The bone itself that's malformed doesn't really change much. Okay. I don't think they haven't looked at it recently. Um, but it just my hands hurt. <laughs> so there's nothing you can do to help with that. Oh, there is. I mean, I I, I um, can manage it with lifestyle changes, icing. Uh, they have medication for it that helps a lot. Um, it's nerve pain, and, and with nerve pain, um, the medications that help tend to be things like antidepressants because they tend to be like a fibromyalgia sort of response. So I definitely have been managing it for about. Um, I got diagnosed in 2009. No, 2011. Got diagnosed um, after many years of, of problems. Um, they tried, oh, uh, in terms of surgical fixing, they tried to fix it surgically and they were able to fix the left side, but the right side was scarred to everything, so they can't fix it. So it's just, they, they, they would otherwise be able to remove the bone, but they can't remove the bone because it's, it's scarred to the artery and to some other structures. So they, they said that it would be too dangerous to attempt to remove it. The artery was the big one. They don't want to touch the artery. Well, they say um, I woke up from surgery and found that out. They didn't know that that would be the case. They tried because oh. oh. they, they attempted to fix it. So I woke up expecting to be cured, and they were like, "Nope, sorry." <laughs> I can relate to that. It got better though. The surgery helped a lot. The surgery did help mm -hmm. a lot. They fixed uh, it's a bilateral problem. So, so okay, well, that's good. Half of it, um, but um, I do have to live with some of the other part of it. So it's like slow and annoying but i went i went back to speech pathology school uh, to understand it better nice how did you like that uh, i love speech pathology it's great i, I love my field i love uh, the stuff i'm working with um yeah so but to go back to um i wanted i just want to hear more about your what 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 in how, how you were informed by the doctors that did this how did the surgeons inform you because it sounds like colostomy bag was not told to you as a as a possible complication it was never told to me um there have been a few times i woke up from surgery with a catheter that i never signed off for that they tried saying oh well we had to do that because of whatever reason i can't think about it now but for whatever reason they had to do it but to me it's kind of like if i didn't sign off on this and i've mm -hmm. been i've been telling y'all that i've had the issue having a catheter because having a catheter for six months really makes you hate catheters the idea of a catheter the, the sound of a catheter three just, my limit more like three days at first i'm like oh this is cool i can like sit on the couch all day and watch movies and not get to go pee this is great why can't everyone have a catheter and then like a few months later i hate it i hate it <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're referred to them as their insecure girlfriend or something. Yeah. <laughs> had it on them all the time. It sounds, uh, yeah. So, but they, so, so they didn't even tell you that a catheter was, was predictable. And was that one, 
the, the you're talking about the super pubic one, the permanent one that was that was actually um, cut in through a hole in the in in your the lower part of your stomach, your abdomen. Correct. I knew at some point during file process you'd have a catheter for X amount of time, but I didn't think I would have it for a long period of time. So many times. That's why I wasn't informed. It's like I knew it was a thing, but not for the duration. They never specified how long or the chance of me waking up to a catheter was never discussed. Like when I had the colostomy done, for example, they never mentioned I would have a catheter. I woke mm -hmm. up, I think I moved my blanket and I see my legs and I'm like, why is there a catheter? And they're like, oh, you had it. It's horrifying. It is horrifying. So I'm like, damn, I'm shitting in a bag. I'm pissing in a bag. Fuck. <laughs> and so they tried saying, oh, well, like, we just think it's better if you had the catheter, whatever bullshit reason. But it was never mentioned prior. I've actually been on their case months, even months before all this shit happened about how their website, the way they promoted phalloplasty wasn't accurate. On the website, they tried saying they do phalloplasty all in one stage. No, they don't. They glorify and make it seem like it's pretty much not an easy surgery, but like a surgery where like you can expect to be happy with the outcome. And that's not the reality. Um, physically, I think the plastic surgeon team did a good job. My issue is more with the urologist. Mm. And so should plastic surgeries be performed the surgery at all? No, but I can at least give some credit to the fact that they made it at least look not so crazy as the ones I've seen online on like trans bucket or so forth. Got it. So, so on, on the outside of it, it looks, it looks uh, acceptable to you. And that's why you had said, I think that you'd no longer feel that you experience bottom dysphoria. Correct. And so just a little backstory, trans bucket's like a private forum for like trans people usually get to get approved. And they post like surgery pictures that's like top surgery, sometimes histos, which I don't really understand, but histo pics, whatever reason. And like, yeah, I don't know. And um, <laughs> I just tried to picture what it's a picture of. It's just like picture of the incision. It's, like it's, it's, it's weird. Some of the things they, the community does are kind of qu questionable even to me. But, and then there's phalloplasty pictures too. And I've seen some um, crazy looking phalluses. And so I feel like for me personally, like mine's not like a cisgender man's penis. That'll never be possible at this point mm -hmm. in life, maybe a hundred years from now, possibly, but not currently. But to me, it at least resembles one. At least you can tell like what it is compared to some where they use like the leg, for example, a yeah. lot of times the fouls like a soda can girth literally a soda can girth yeah no, i have one where he's like it's like 10 inches around and 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 they had to go in and, and do de-girth de-bulking de-bulking yep. procedures where they actually yeah it's just like and they even tell you if you do the help. time your um liposuction in the area you're decreasing um your chance of having full feeling in this phallus and so at that point you put you're playing with fire using your leg and now you're playing with fire because you're pretty much ruining your chance of ever having full feeling or full function or full no. function to the extent for trans people the more you're going under to fix this bulk 
Yeah, yeah, you only you only have so many bites at the apple. Um, oh, an apple sounds good. I do have fruit <laughs> in the fridge. <laughs> Are you hungry for apples? Is that what I'm, I'm hearing? You're hungry for I'm apples. Hungry in general. I feel like I was hoping my job would let me leave before I finished the double, but that wasn't the case. And I was like, oh, yeah, just let me go. Sorry, I'm, you mentioned yeah, no apple. Worries. Now I want pineapple. No, self care is important. Oh, shoot. People have, have sugar. But continue. Interesting. Lost your train of thought. I know I was I was curious at one point about the oh we were talking about your oh, the deep Vulcan um hmm. the people that use their leg for foul yeah. quest. And so your yours yours looks more realistic, you feel um because of the, the fact that you did the arm. What can you feel in your arm? Do you do you have like hypersensitivity, loss of sensitivity? Um I started a tattoo over and I'm, I'm still working on it, so I didn't need to do the yeah. side off still. Mm -hmm. But um, like you tattooed it yourself? Oh no, one of my trans oh. friends actually is a tattoo artist friends? in New York. Okay. But um, like feeling as in like function feeling in the arm or like by touch like feeling. Yeah, like if you, can you feel it if you touched it? So like I can feel it, but it's more like feeling like the pressure of like the, like something's on it. You feel pressure. If that makes Not, sense, like, you know, like when someone like you have your several back. different, you, you have independent, multiple independent systems for touch perception in your skin. Some, mm -hmm. some kinds of, uh, some one, one of them can only be activated by uh, sustained pressure. So you have like the stereotype of, of like autistic people really liking get, being held like really tightly and that calming. So there, there, that, that, there's a physical, physical mechanism for that. And light touch is another one, and 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 brief versus sustained, and and it's it's complicated, but it's it also ultimately runs on so uh, uh these kind of gates being stretched apart, um, and if they're stretched just far enough, a salt ion can travel. So so when you remove most of the skin depth, you're losing a lot of that um sensitivity to pressure. Those that that very slight difference in how much this channel is pulled open. Definitely. So, uh, that you I will say I feel as though. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Mm -hmm. I do feel as though they took a lot of skin because if you look at like the width, like the bulk of the arm, mm -hmm. the bulk of the arm is like you know big, and then with the graphics, it's real skinny. Yeah, I haven't really seen many guys with like a skin difference like that, but it's interesting to say the least. Mm -hmm. I asked about putting a fat graph in there, but then the surgeons were saying that wasn't the best thing to do. But a different surgeon said it would be a good thing. So it seems weird that that's where they're willing to draw the line. They're like, no, that's that surgery sounds crazy. I <laughs> mean, in the graft, what? <laughs> I mean, at this point, I just accepted it. It's, it gets annoying. It gets it gets kind of tight sometimes, depending on the weather. Yeah, but, yeah, the, the temperature changes are gonna make make connective tissue change. Yeah. That sounds annoying. I think I think mm -hmm. there's something they can do where they go in and actually inject you with some kind of silicon fascia fluid replacement. I thought I, I came across that. Where it's like it's the idea is to, to help it drain better. Um 
I think graft versus host. He talked about that. Or I know about that. before they actually took the skin graft, they offered what was it called? I can't figure the actual term, but basically they put something over your arm that mm -hmm. made the skin a little bit thicker. This is like prior to them taking the skin. But then they mentioned that they did that method. I would have a wound vacuum on my arm even longer. And mm. that shit sucked during the duration I had it. So I couldn't imagine having it on even longer. And that that's, what, what is a wound vacuum? They basically have the skin wrap wrapped in gauze and tape. And then it's like a clear tape over it as well. I think the wound vac is a circulation to my knowledge, but not an mm. expert. I just know they had it on me for a good, maybe two and a half, three weeks, maybe longer. I don't know, but it was long enough. And it was just, was it, was it painful to have this on or just annoying or? It wasn't painful. It was more annoying to have it on, but it was really, really painful to get it removed. Mm. And that's and, something and, that they didn't warn me about either. Mm. I remember they came into my hospital room really early in the morning. Like, oh, we're gonna take the um the wound back off. I'm like, okay, cool. But they never mentioned like, like I said, that, that would hurt. And then they start pulling the tape, and like, it felt like they were like pulling skin off of me. And so it was a very um traumatic moment oh i love pineapple <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i i uh one time thought i was very clever that I, I, that I had figured out that you don't need to throw away this the core of the pineapple after all it was just as good i thought i was very clever <laughs> is it no 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 <laughs> no pineapple has an enzyme in it that dissolves meat that's why they put it on ham and stuff and so oh. there's more of that in the core of, core of it. So if you just sit there chewing on the core, of, you will get chemical burns around your mouth. It turns out. Oh, that's that's beautiful. <laughs> I'd already gotten an AP in chemistry by that point too. I just didn't know. Untold <laughs> <laughs> oh, horror stories. About that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take take nutrition nutritional science. It's important. <laughs> It'll explain to you your stupid mistakes. <laughs> um, so okay wow so it's 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 and, and then as you mentioned you know once once you're kind of down this path it's like there's not really getting off the train you're you're really stuck with all of this this problem and 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 uh all these discoveries and 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 uh most people don't have a very good understanding especially people who were your age when you started who are still you know in in your age bracket Right. You don't know how bad it can get. They don't know, like, with the nightmare of medical procedures. No, because I feel like not to, like, mm, throw race into it, because this is not about race. But for the most part, the only trans people you see that are glorifying these surgeries, for the most part, are white. You don't see very many minorities promoting this surgery. There's a few on YouTube. Don't get me wrong. There is a few. But for the yeah. most part, it's Caucasian people, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's kind of why, like, people glorifying it is more seen because they're getting the views compared to, like, if a minority might have a bad experience, 
might talk about it, but if they don't have like a platform or somehow their video doesn't get like recommended to people, whatever, whatever, their story might not get heard. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that, that 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 maybe they'd be more likely to have a bad experience because of their their uh, racial identification? That they would be mm-hmm. less likely to get informed consent, or do you feel that that that's not a factor in in who's getting these horrible surgeries? I don't know how I feel. I feel like I could see it from either standpoint, but I feel as though not everything is based off race. A lot of things are, but not everything. I feel like when it comes to trans treatment, I don't think they discriminate based off your race, but I feel like they solely focus on bringing in the money because trans surgeries are the most expensive surgeries you can possibly get for the most part. They're they're pretty, some of the, some of the numbers I've seen have been pretty impressive. <laughs> I think my phalloplasty came out to be 130,000, give or take. Wow. Yeah, and and it's not even done yet by by a long shot. No, not even done yet. So I, I'm pretty sure the bill is probably closer to two hundred thousand at this point, if you include in like the tests they're doing, the prescriptions, the wow. surgery. Even if it's just like a minor day surgery to look at things, that still costs money. Yeah, just a few days in the hospital. I had, I had to have a, a test a couple years ago for a condition where I had to be in a hospital and and. I was just in a bed and they were, I had wires on my head for like five days. And, and that was, that was the test is that they were videotaping me and measuring stuff. And, and it was a five day test of inpatient mm-hmm. where, where no drugs, no anything, just on a bed. It was $75,000. I found out. <laughs> God damn. It is unreal how expensive some things are um, in the, in, in, in American medical system. Um, but yeah, these surgeries are quite expensive. In combination with a, a system where, where things are not evenly distributed. And so, um, whether you have access to the $200,000 test or the $75,000 test doesn't depend so much on how urgently you need it necessarily, or whether it's life sustaining or, or this or that, but like what insurance you have sometimes, how old you are, whether you were in the military. And that's, that's pretty disproportionate. Definitely. And how how did you pay for it then? Are are you just two hundred thousand dollars in debt now? Was it all credit card? Oh, uh, no. Um. So I started off using Blue Cross Blue Shield. Mm-hmm. I say started off because I hit the age where I fell off my dad's insurance, mm-hmm. and so I had to get my own. But at the time, I'm pretty sure I was either out of work or I was working part-time because I was in recovery. Mm-hmm. And so at that time, I only had much of an income coming in. And so I applied for the state insurance. And that's what I'm on now. They have been charging me, but I'm sure once I file my taxes, they're probably gonna start charging me like, oh, he's been working this whole time. He hasn't paid us a penny. So <laughs> it's gonna catch up to me at some point. <laughs> hmm. Wow, that's so. So you're, um, what kind of work do you do broadly? Um, uh, you you mentioned that you're working, which I, I was I was as a surprise given what you're going through that that you're still able to work. I work for a treatment center. Um, I come from a security background for the most part, security, healthcare, 
Okay. Ironically Same enough. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool, cool. But no, like for the most part, I've always worked like I would take a few months off to recover from the surgery if I was getting surgery, but I always went back to work. For me, like I like to stay busy. So even this idea of me being home for like a few weeks mm -hmm. got boring after a while because like yeah. there's not much you can do if you're not making any money. Right. So yeah, your life is kind of can be limited here. I just want to plug in my, my light. Only. Um, so you're, but you're physically having to leave the house, go to a place and it's a medical place. It sounds like, so you're, you're coping. It's a detox place. treatment center. So that sounds like it could, could be triggering. Like I can yeah. see why some days you don't want to go to work. Yes and no. I suppose some days like it's just energy to get out of bed. When mm. there's a lot of days where I don't want to be alive, and so I'm like, "Fuck, I have to do shit on top. I can't just stay in bed." Like, right. what, what kind of baloney is this? Yeah, you had, you had mentioned that the um uh you you're really still struggling emotionally. So it's not just the anxiety that that you're also struggling with some apparent symptoms of depression. The the, the um thoughts of is is your life worth living and um. I've, I've fortunately been spared major digestive issues, but I was very close with a Marfan's patient. And Marfan's patients, they get fistulas, hernias all, all the time because they have weak connective tissue. And and so so his his digestive life was a nightmare. And and I, I it makes sense why 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 that would make you seriously question is my life worth living? It's um, what what you're going through, I can only imagine. Um, It's just, I think it's rough because I feel like at one point I was so excited to get this surgery. I was so excited to close this trans chapter in my life and just live a regular life. I feel like the people who watched my video, they felt as though I was trying to deceive people by presenting as like a masculine person. I'm not going to say gender at this point, just a masculine person. Um, but um, I didn't transition to deceive anyone. I transitioned to be comfortable in my skin. Um, I would basically get more off, like, I guess, like, the physical aspect. I felt like I would look in the mirror and things just didn't add up to me. And even as a child, I always drew myself as a masculine figure. And so, I don't know, like, I just kind of felt like as much as I wish I would have been okay with being... A butch, which by the way, I know people still use butch in 2021, but I guess butch is still a term. I didn't know that. I wish I could have been okay being a butch or a stud or a lesbian for lack of words. But I don't know, like it just didn't feel like me. And I don't want anyone to look at me and feel as though I'm trying to force gender down anyone's throat or make you call me he, him. It's not necessarily that. But I'm just really big on being referred to by my name because I feel like Ryan's just me. Ryan's not a certain, like, mm -hmm. gender. It's not male, female, whatever, whatever. It's just me. It's just who I am as an individual, whether it's, like, my personality or what I bring into um, people's lives or, like, the world in general. I just kind of feel as though I don't want 
people to assume that I was trying to get anything in return for transitioning. It was solely based on myself. I wasn't trying to get anyone's money or tax money to pay for surgeries or hormones or so forth. I just wanted to be happy. And for the most part, I am happy being Ryan. I think the only sadness I have kind of just stems from my upbringing or just stems from the fact that I'm having so many issues with this mm-hmm. surgery. And that's just the reality of it. Um, when people look I, at I trans- people think you're, you're uh, in this for the, I, I, I don't think that you're a predator and, and I don't have reason to think that you're some kind of a predator. I do know that you did say that 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 one one factor was this idea that you would you would not have to disclose that you were trans to a partner, but that you since realized that obviously you would have had to do that. Um, that was in your video, so so I, I feel like that might have factored into your reasoning because of uh, desperation and, and illness. But I don't I don't think that you would have followed through, if, if that makes sense. You, you no, I feel like with I feel like with any partner or potential partner, I'm very honest about being trans. I feel like people assume I'm deceiving because I'm not telling everyone. But to me, if we're not having a romantic or a sexual chemistry going on, why should I have to mention the fact I I have transitioned if I just know you from, you work at the nearest corner store, I buy beer off you, or we're coworkers and we hang out, but like as friends, like we do friend stuff, like nothing like romantic or sexual. And that's mm-hmm. kind of like where I kind of question people who are get so mad for not knowing because kind of like, I'm not trying to fool you. I'm not trying to deceive you or sell this fantasy, but it's not like people who have illness go around to everyone, oh, hey, I'm HIV positive. For the yeah, most they're part, private. they're just telling their partners, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. No, there's, there's, I think, a standard of reasonableness, a standard of intention. You know, it's, it's, it's what, what is your intent here? Um, uh, what, what, what are other people's rights being respected? Because there, there is a, a degree to which other people don't have the right to know every single thing about you immediately. And, and there is also a degree of, of uh, your own safety. And there's, there's, there's the reality that, that some women I'm not calling you a woman as we, we negotiated. I, I would not, um, I, I agreed over our email um, to refer to you by your name. Um, but there are women who look like you for physical reasons, who for biological reasons, who mm-hmm. that they don't identify as trans, they don't identify as men, but they look exactly like you because of some sort of hormonal reason and because they like that style. Right. And, 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 and a stranger on the street doesn't have the right to come up and say, you know, I, I demand to know are you this way because you took drugs or are you this way because your hormones don't work for, for your, right. in your, in your gonads? Like <laughs> go, go away. You know, I have the right to go down the street, be free of harassment. Uh, similarly, you have the right to be at work and, and um, within reason, you know, there's, there's the need for female only spaces. Uh, uh, and, and I don't know that there's the same need for male only spaces just for biological reasons, but there's definitely a need for female only spaces because of male predators. Well, my job, it's all like single person bathrooms. So like you wouldn't be sharing a stall with anyone anyways. Yeah. So, so that's pro. No, no issue. I'm, I'm thinking of like a, a situation where you have like a, a large building and there's a, a lactation room so that mothers can continue to work after they oh, have baby. No, no. And there's there's that one creepy guy in the building who would otherwise be in that room all the time unless he was there was a rule that he wasn't allowed. Right, right. No, understood. So, 
yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of what I mean when I say that there's that that sort of a need. Um, but 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 I, I I fully believe that that uh, uh, people in your situation have the right to be uh, trans appearing uh, at work because I, I I don't think that it needs to have a special exception and I don't understand why the rights aren't being asserted under disability status. Um, I I believe that you could if you wanted to assert under religion. Um, definitely sexuality and sex because males have a right to look how how you look. Right. I, I support your right to continue to to appear the way you appear. And I, I have no idea medically whether you need to be or whether it is ideal for you to be on on uh, testosterone. Uh, I'm have have I, I don't I don't know because and the reason is because you were put on it when you were developing. So I, I don't know what that did to your body or what 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 your default would be without it. Um, mm -hmm. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. It's just like with Jazz. I don't actually know what his best treatment is at this point. He should probably be working with an intersex specialist. Although he was 11 when he started, so his his. his I actually was... watched a few of your Jazz videos. Yeah. And because I haven't really seen Jazz like as recently, I feel like the last time I really kept up with their story might have yeah. been back in like I don't know, 2017, 2018. And so when the surgery happened when, when yeah, and so when you talked about how they had um the sex change surgery, I'm like, how old is she now? Like from I remember, like she was real little on TLC and this big old family show, and the mom was just crazy. The mom still is crazy, but um <laughs> she the mom has talked about forcibly dilating her like or, or jazz uh forcibly dilating jazz waking waking jazz up in the middle of the night and and forcing <laughs> saying you but do this or i'm gonna do it to I mean, you like she got so big too yeah yeah no she's uh jazz jazz is is, is just just I really think that, that Jazz got a brain injury from the puberty blockers and that, that, that I, I don't think that Jazz has as much control over eating less as, as I would. I think that it's, it's, it's going to be, be unimaginably more difficult for Jazz to, to, to regulate Jazz's uh, weight. No, it's definitely hard. I'm not going to lie. Because when I had phalloplasty, um, I gained a lot of weight. Like, I was never as big as I am currently. Yeah. Um, And so... It was crazy because I was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm going to have surgery and then I'm going to get back into the gym and lose weight, not really being aware of the fact that every few months I'll probably be in surgery. And so as soon as I get better, like recovering, it's time for another surgery. So, like, I get into the gym for a week or two, boom, surgery. Mm -hmm. And so it is hard to fluctuate your weight when you don't really know how your life's going to be playing out. Like, you could be having a major surgery in a month or two or so forth. And so then you're on a short time frame to make things happen. But if you want to lose a substantial amount of weight, you need a substantial amount of time to lose X amount of weight. Yeah. And and then it's all happening in your in your pelvic area. And and it's a very important area for a lot of exercising. So, right. so so how are you supposed to apply a lot of forces to that area? You're applying force to that area every time you brace yourself, even if you're using doing arm exercises, because you're, you know, you you you're you're inflating your lungs. I used, I used to lift. I'm trying to get back into it, but um, uh, and and you're you're closing off your larynx up here. Your larynx is very very strong, and that's what's keeping all that air in your lungs. That's allowing all of your your whole torso to bear down on it, and 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 
all of that is putting, it's all connected. It's all connected. So how, how are you supposed to, right. to, to have any sort of, and then, and then, you know, you lose your muscle mass from, from not being as active and your metabolic rate goes down. Yep. Sounds about right. You're, you're stressed eating. You've I lost regularity too. You've okay. lost a sense of, of routine because of the colostomy bag. Like that's like on a fundamental level, on a very core level. Like there's just a loss of sense of doneness. So I can understand eating more. Mm-hmm. Eating more, just being lazy, kind of being like unmotivated to do things. But then I feel like I feel more bad for like Jazz's situation than mine. It's by how like shitty mine is, literally. Um, it's just the fact that like at least I'm older. Like she's still like so young. They're still so young. And it's just the fact that they were on medication at a really, really young age. Granted, 17 is not old either, but it's older. So at least like my body had a chance to start developing compared to if you're a kid taking this stuff, your body never had a chance to do anything. There's there's some good research about the dramatically different impacts, long-term impact of getting drunk for the first time when you're 14 versus 18. If you're hmm. if you get too drunk when you're 14, what can happen is that it can just basically destroy most of the stem cells in your hippocampus, and that leads to permanent long-term uh, visual spatial deficits, meaning I can't find my car syndrome. Um, nice. So so and 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 we know that from 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 getting monkeys drunk, at different developmental stages, and then comparing that. So you can actually go in and like just see that it just destroys, and it, it's only if it happens during this particular thing. It's not an acute poison response. It's a poison during. It's only it's only a poison in that fashion at a particular point in development. Okay. There's 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 critical windows of, of development. I talk a lot about what when sex is actually determined, and it's 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 really about where you start and where you end up. So it's like your sex determination happens whether you hit a critical threshold of of where if you're above that you're a male and you're below that you're female. Mm-hmm. earlier in that fork in the road and then later your genitals develop your genitals don't develop into your sex and then that determines your sex your sex is determined and then your genitals are developed and so you get disorders of sexual development don't actually knock you onto the other sex you are you're right. already still on that path so it's it's a uh, critical developmental windows or, or the other one example i use is that there's there's um, some species of duck where if, if the ducks don't hear their mother making a particular call when they're between, I think, six and 10 days of gestation in the egg, they will just never make that mating call as adults, even if they hear it later. Hmm. There's some, some very, very interesting critical period of, or, or feral children and uh, who don't develop language because they didn't have language exposure before puberty. You can't really oh. teach them later because their brain needs to develop um, in a certain way at a certain time. Hmm. The more you know. <laughs> that's right but i i'm i'm so uh you you've been through so much and you know you really were set on this path when you were uh, a minor when you were when 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 you can't really be held responsible for the fact that this seemed like a good idea at the time and and i might i also understand that that in many ways uh, you you do feel that 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 presenting differently looking differently sounding differently that that does bring you some degree of comfort and that you don't fully regret the fact that, that this is where you are right now, but you do regret that you have been horribly harmed, objectively harmed, and, and, and would prefer the not harm. 
Correct. I feel like I was very happy with the process up until phalloplasty. I think if I can go back in time, I probably would have stopped after top surgery. Well, I probably got a histo because long-term testosterone, ovarian cancer. So at mm -hmm. one point, I would probably get the hysterectomy just to prevent any health issue from that aspect. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't have gotten fallow. I would have left it at that and just dated whoever seen me for Ryan. And that was it. I do think that there's there's still um, someone out there for you. I don't know. After that know. last person, I'd be wanting to slice people's tires, and I know it's not really a good thing. So I'm just <laughs> staying you away. You might not be ready for this. I don't think I'm ready to date. <laughs> Unless they don't There's not a Ryan out there for everyone. Someone necessarily. That person might have to wait for Ryan to be ready. No, if you don't have a car, you're fine. <laughs> so if you live in the city, you walk. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but, uh, um, you know, your life is worth living. Uh, I believe. I'm not in your shoes. I don't know how much pain you're in. It must be a lot. Uh, but, 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 but. It's more uh, sadness than pain. But it's a good balance. Yeah. It's it's hard to tell the difference between those two after you've been in enough of both for too long without without support. So I think it's it's really critically important that you keep telling your story and getting support from people. I think, I think any reasonable person is, is horrified and, and, and on your side in what you've right. gone through, especially since you're, you're, you're trying to, to steer people away from it. Definitely. I feel like it's either they just stop performing the surgery or they make a more in-depth module module. Wow. Module or just something that was more informative of what can go wrong rather than just saying there could be complications and that's it like that's not really given anything that's very vague yeah. it doesn't really show the real narrative of how this is gonna play out like is there some success stories yeah far as like their bodies not having issues at that time but who's to say a few years from now there'll still be a success story story it could be a nightmare and yeah, so forth patient follow-up Right, that's the issue. It's like it, as soon as you think you're done, and year later, like like you might, it might be that that one forms, but it's held shut basically by the fact that they're younger and their tissue is stronger. But then as they get older, the tissue might start to sag, and then the fistula would be symptomatic at that point. But but it might be that the fistula is still forming even if you can't tell that there's a fistula there yet. Right. You cut something that wasn't that wasn't cut, and it doesn't it doesn't go back. Sorry. <laughs> No, you're fine. Uh, yeah, they they. So you want long-term patient follow-up? I think that's reasonable. And and when I started pathology school, the chair of the department gave a speech in which he said that the standard for leaving school and having a license would be that that every single person that had any connection to my education needed to feel comfortable sending any family member after any any kind of problem related to our scope. That they they would need to feel comfortable knowing that that if that person made an appointment with me that they would be treated well and that they would they would not be taken advantage of or manipulated and that they would be given quality clinical services and part of that is informed consent and so it's like in my field rarely am I giving dire warnings of of possible complications because a lot of the times the treatment is is bring your kid to me and I will play with them for half an hour a week <laughs> like that's the treatment that's great. great. 
sometimes some 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 interventions I do are dangerous. I've I've replaced vocal um, prosthetics, so that involves actually going in and pulling a device out of someone's throat and sticking a new one in. You know, there's risk there. But 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 even even when there's like no risk, I tell them that, that the risk is that you'll waste your time, and 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 your kid may be harmed by that, because I want them to really understand the risks, and have right. have the same understanding that I do. And I could hand wave it away and decide that I think that that's not important enough to mention, but I don't, I don't believe in that. And, and meanwhile, you're being told these, these, these risks, but like not actually being given this, this, what, what, and in some, some cases you weren't, you're not even really being told, told that it might happen, but right. you're certainly not given the very clear sense that you will regularly be on a, on a super catheter for weeks on end and, and it will <sighs> feel like this. And these, this is what it will do. Um, were, were you told that you could have a fatal episode of sepsis from some from a problem like this? I just feel like they didn't really warn me of anything. It was just very vague, like complications and. Have you reviewed any documents they gave you to see if they mentioned any of these things? Like I was saying, their website alone is very vague in regards to the surgery, and same with the documents. I feel like. It might touch bases of like bleeding, like the basic stuff from like basic surgeries, but not mm -hmm. anything like specific. Yeah, and and there's there's that's not that's not good enough. That's not good enough. An ethical medical provider, which I consider myself to be, is is will 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 hear that and and remember that this is happening in a context where the provider is known, verified by the state. The point of the licensing is that we've verified that the provider understands what these words mean. And we expect the provider to educate you to the point where you have a reasonable understanding of what these words mean, not just hand you a document and tell you to put an X where it, where it says signature and, and, and not, not care if you read it or not. Like there's, we, 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 we put an expectation on them. Um, if, if you would like to forward me any documents that, that you signed relating to consent um, or any documents that they have available, I'd be happy to, to review them and see what I think about that and try to help expose. Um, yeah, I'll see if I can. I know I have an online portal through them, but I'm not sure if their consent documents are still in there. Okay, and I won't. I won't link it to you, but I, I am connected to some some uh, um, attorneys who are. are um, for instance, we filed a complaint against Dr. Gallagher, we little chonkies from mm -hmm. uh, I am Jazz. So we filed a complaint against her for um, the fact that um, everything to do with Noah. What's going on with Noah? does not seem like Noah's in a safe situation. I don't know if you saw the more recent episodes, but 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 this person was homeless and now 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 Noah is dating someone in the office and, and getting surgeries and, and then going and playing kickball for a TV show. And it's like this doesn't how 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 what is the quid pro quo here? It doesn't seem right. like this is a reasonable is is <laughs> are, are you trading a surgery for uh, a sexual relationship with this homeless person? Is that what's happening, Dr. Gallagher? That's what appears to be happening. <laughs> God, this country gets more and more ghetto. <laughs> um, but one of the one of the bases for that complaint is that that the she's she's marketing her her uh, designer nipples as as a psychiatric treatment for gender dysphoria. But then the consent document is very clear that these are cosmetic procedures not intended to treat a mental illness. So so hmm. who's getting them and why? And it just it seems a bit sketch. But but. Um, in, in your case, that 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 consent documents, we I, again, unless unless you wanted to, and we're working with them, um, wouldn't be directly connected. But I'd be interested, nevertheless, in looking at the consent documents and seeing what they actually say. Okay. Because I, 
(laughs) do you feel like if you had been given a realistic sense that this was an actual possibility that you would have risked it? And if you would have risked it, what would the risk have been? Like, would you have risked it for a 50% chance of this outcome, 20% chance of this outcome? Like, um, I wouldn't have risked it, but then I ponder, I'm like, would I just do it with like meta instead of fallow? Because I feel like that one, like it's invasive, but not nearly as invasive as compared to being chopped up to make parts. That's from the coidioplasty where, where they, they're using your, your uh, I think they, the, the, yeah, the, the vaginectomy and the labia and, and that's to kind of make a, um, an extended urethra that, that, that looks like a micropenis. As some of them call their tea dick, but yeah, the clitoris. <laughs> tea dick, right. Um, because yeah, you so you had the testosterone that you were put mm-hmm. out when you were seventeen, and then it sounds like that caused some sort of so the, what what I've seen termed as bottom growth. Yeah, so pretty much the first two, maybe three years of hormones, um, your clitoris grows during it, and so. It looks like pretty much like aesthetic and micro dick. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely changes a lot of things too, but it mingles back to like just like body odor, body body hair, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so that 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 and you're 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 given this medication when you were seventeen, and this caused a a, a profound change in the appearance of your um, genitals, and then from there, you're the, the head of the clitoris was then uh, released, I think you said in your video, they called it a clitoral yep. release. And then that, that, that made it going from kind of disorientation to like popping up possibly. Yes. So there, were, there were some ligaments, like if this is the pubic bone and then this is the head, then they, they kind of cut it. So now it can do this um, because the actual shape of the clitoris is, is this big bulbousy kind of shape. And then there's the, how, how, how good my, this is, this is this is my shadow puppet of uh, R-rated shadow puppet. <laughs> <laughs> they don't let me teach at that summer camp anymore. Oh, maybe for good reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, yeah. So, so all the comic relief. Um, but you didn't have that. So so what happened though? Then they they released it, but then they 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 then wrapped it up in the in the arm skin. Correct. The faust is over. Okay. So now, now that your clitoris is, is, I think Dr. Train referred to it as buried. Yeah. I think that's such a, like that, that, the, that word choice alone, I feel like should be a red flag. They want to bury the clitoris. Is that what the word that they used with you two, or is that just a Dr. Crane? I think it's just like a generic word they've been using. Like anyone will use. Got it. Um, well, just reflecting on the fact that you know, like like I said, you know, I was I was identifying as trans at this time. I was contemplating this. I myself um, was ne- wasn't put on anything. Uh, as well, I think I started identifying as I said in two thousand nine. So I would have been twenty two. I contemplated testosterone at one point and I decided not to in part because of my cystic acne, but also in part of just researching the health complications. 
And so I'm just kind of like reflecting, like, like, you know, they're there, but for things being different, things that were largely outside of my control being different, I could very well be where you're sitting. Like, like I could be in, in, in your shoes and right. I'm just very aware of it. You know, I, 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 I believe you should have been protected from this by a better system. Um, So you said it's mostly the emotional pain that you're coping with these days. So the actual, the physical pain of the fistula is, is more or less well-managed and the, the stoma itself doesn't hurt. No, no, no body pains like that. I feel like just like, it's like an emotional pain to think about this, this whole journey. And then just to think about how many people have came into my life throughout this transition and how many are have left and how many are still left. And I think what's like kind of sad that just kind of goes back to like the whole abandonment issue that I addressed in the video. And then I just kind of wondered like, I don't know. It's kind of like, I go back to like, I like being Ryan. I like just like how I appear and how whatever I'm trying word, but Ryan's a fun I, person. I've, I've really enjoyed getting to know Ryan. Thank you. I also just kind of wonder, like, how different would my life be if I was, like, actually okay with just being, like, a stud? But then I think about, like, having a chest and then a parent, like, in a sense, still kind of feminine because, like, studs are women, so they're still going to have some kind of femininity to themselves. And so I don't know how comfortable I would have been. I felt like I would still have like a struggle and that could have played a role socially and romantically. So I feel like in a sense, I would still be on the same boat because in one way or the other, it's still an explanation to explain why you're the way you are, but it's a different story. Hmm. Yeah, you, you may have, you, you may still be have struggled with with similar feelings of emptiness. I certainly was was struggling a lot at that age, and and I won't say that I live without pain now. Emotionally, it's hard, and and yeah. and, and you, you you strike me as, as a as a very perceptive and, and and thoughtful person, and so sometimes that can make it harder too. Uh, if you're you're aware of other people's reactions to you, mm -hmm. um, and 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 you were kind of have have now since since you were a teenager had this this sense of that you talked about of of what if what they say is true and and i'm going to be victimized by by uh, uh bigots for the fact that i belong to this group and so so i'm sure that 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 cast a pall on, on things it was just weird because i've been like an occasional youtuber on and off for years using different channels, usually using collab channels. And so I used to post update videos, my transition. And then looking back on them, they were very cringy. Cause I mean, like I was a kid. And so like what kid deals aren't cringy to look back on. And so I took them all in private. And I was like, mm, maybe one day this would be a good laugh, but um, at my own expense, not for the world to see. <laughs> and so when I uploaded this foul plastic video, I knew like some of my following like wanted to know like whatever. And so I figured, fuck it, like I'll make a video. I have a primarily trans following. 
And so I felt like a lot of them followed me throughout the years. And so I kind of felt like I owed them. Yeah. You know, like a blunt reality of like, hey, like I understand like why you want this surgery, but I can tell you like it's not worth it. You you saw that other people were heading into the same um the same pit, the same over the same cliff. You saw you saw lemmings. And you were like, it's no. Worth it. <laughs> no, like, it's just... no one's gonna warn them except me. I have to do something. And well that's and, how like, I feel because you when you do go on YouTube and type in phalloplasty, like 99% of it is nothing bad. And so I feel like the negative needs to be shown too. I'm sure yeah. there's probably people in the community who are probably questioning why I'm talking negative about it, but like the more you try to sugarcoat any situation in life, no matter what the subject is, you're not preventing anyone from experiencing something really bad. I feel like if you're more open and more blunt about it, like, yeah, like it might hurt feelings, but it's also a wake up call. Like, hey, like you might have a phallus, but it's not going to make you feel as complete as you think you will feel. I think that you're trying to be a leader. I think you're trying to to uh, be a mentor. Also, you're 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 trying to share your your very uh, um, hard won knowledge. Um, you know, you, you have lived experience that that you thought this was going to work, and so you're speaking as a person that that is confirmed to have genuinely wanted this at one point, and to 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 the point where where you went through it. And so it's it's you know it's uh, you have a standpoint. Mm -hmm. And, and a perspective that, that can't be imitated and and uh you know a lot of people and i said this in the video that i that i took down so that we could do this interview instead um that you you um exposed yourself to a lot by making that video you definitely did um a lot of a negative pushback from 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 the, the powers that be right now the forces that that that, that are what they are regarding phalloplasty there's there's big money behind it behind behind the perception that, that there's nothing bad with it and and I'm, that's very commendable um given that a lot of people in your situation might not have that emotional center to be able to 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 act anyway even though like you're, you're you've gone through so much and some of the people who don't want you speaking out are mean <laughs> i know <laughs> No one will ever say shit to me personally. I feel like they can make their side comments, but ultimately, like, I'm not lying. And so it's kind of like, no matter who it pisses off, they can't be that hurt about it because everything I'm saying is pretty much factual. I know someone, oh, what did I see the comment? I want to say it was on your page. I forgot what video, but they mentioned, oh no, not wasn't your page. It was a sub edit. I found all these websites for y'all, by the way, and I was like, what even is this? And so I think it's over it, over it, or whatever over it's called. It, yeah, yeah. So I was on there because one of them found my Instagram. I took it down now, but the Instagram I had up. Um, and like, oh, I just want you to know, like, you're on like some sub forums. And I'm like, sub forums for what? Because I was wondering where all these views coming from, because I don't even post it to a big target audience. I just kind of post viral. Like, like I, I, that one is one of the most links I like I, that the, the most number of people have sent me. 
I, I, I had dozens of people emailing it to me, leaving it in comments. That's um, so crazy to me because I didn't, I didn't tag anything in that video. Like, there's no tags. It's literally just my title, and that's it. Well, it, it's, it's people who who um, they were sending it to me because of, of the work that I'm doing, trying to expose things. So I, I, I don't think that you're attacking people, but I, I, I was worried when you said that you were getting some uh, negative comments and attacks. Uh, I don't I don't think you deserve to be attacked. So I, I hope that nobody who's who's in my audience was attacking him, attacking you. Uh, I, I feel say. like a bunch of the ones I were seeing were also on your channel. So I don't know if they found me through the sub edit or they found me through people mentioning the comment, not the comment, the video in the comment section. But on the sub forum, going back to the what I was actually talking about, someone mentioned Caden Carter. And Caden Carter is a good friend of mine. I haven't talked to him in a while because I feel like after his phalloplasty, he did sue. He sued Dr. Crane. Mm-hmm. Um, someone mentioned the case was dismissed, but it wasn't dismissed. He actually, huh? Who was this? The sued Dr. Crane? Caden Carter. Oh. Graf versus host, I think, was the, was the person. Okay. Um, oh, no, no, sorry. That's a different one. Cody. That's a, never mind. So so someone named Caden Carter sued, sued Dr. Crane. Yeah, and he actually won the lawsuit. Wow. Was it over fistula? It was over neglect. He had other issues. I don't know what exactly. Mm -hmm. But it was mostly the fact that he would mention something and Crane was very like dismissive of it. He didn't really act on it. Mm -hmm. Ironically enough, despite all the lawsuits Crane has against him, he still has a practice in California, but he only practices out of Texas. Yeah, it's uh, un un unreal to me. I have a couple of videos of Dr. Crane in particular. One where someone asked him if uh, uh, breasts grow back. And he said, he said, no, well, I've seen it happen a couple of times if you gain too much weight. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Are, are, are we trading liposuction to vulnerable teenage girls afraid that the breast you cut off will grow back for some sort of favors? Is that what happened? Right. Well, there, Dr. Crane, well, there's no purpose of telling a, a, a teenage girl post mastectomy that, that the breast will grow back if they get fat. There's no, no reason to say that. No good reason. Right. <laughs> Put the set up and, 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 uh, the other one I have is him going on at length about how he realized that, um, he doesn't need to pay for cadaver skin grafts anymore because his patients are warehouses. Of skin. That's fucked. <laughs> like he's a serial killer. That's They're fucked. whole warehouses of skin. You just got skin all over them. We can just... It's like, yeah, but every time you cut them, you're cutting them. Fuck. I don't know. I don't know how he's still, how he's still uh, licensed, but. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. I just, I don't think they care. I don't think they have any expectation of consequences. Because no. malpractice insurance is just going to pay it out. And clearly they're making enough money to fund the malpractice insurance. So what's going to stop them except the licensing boards or the government? Right. Or people knowing better. Hopefully a mixture of everything. Yeah. I, I think people like you are going to be a, a big part of that, uh, popularizing the consequences of this. I think it's it's similar to lobotomy, where where you know it seemed like a good idea at the time, but it's it's hard to deny ten years later. You know, when Rosemary Kennedy is still in the care home because she's still permanently disabled. She had a lobotomy for for um, emotional troubles. Um, she's a John F. Kennedy's sister, and so she spent the rest of her life in, in a, a facility because she had a lobotomy. Her brain didn't work right after that sad so um yeah i'm so interested to see what your your uh 
paperwork says. And that's to do some deep, deep sea diving through the interwebs. Yeah, and I do think that the the um that that they're the the I know of some lawyers. I don't know that I know I've directly connected with a medical malpractice attorney. Um, just to make sure I get the timeline right, because I'm, I'm I'm also kind of hoping that you, that you'll be able to use this interview um, to to show them that you can respond to these intense kind of questions, because because right. that might be relevant to their decision to take you on as a client if, if they can see that that you are at the point in your healing where you can emotionally handle this kind of questioning. Because this is a, this is an intense line of questioning, mm -hmm. very very personal, and and you haven't like broken down. Um, you you you've been very rational. I've jumped around on the timing a lot. Um, you haven't gotten confused. You know, you, you come across as extremely credible. Thank you. Um, and, and especially the fact that you were set down this path when you were 17. I think that, that, that it's, it's fair to say that, that you're more credible than somebody because one, one issue that patients in your, your situation face is that malpractice attorneys don't want to work with psych patients. Um, mm -hmm. because psych patients are not seen as credible and that's, that's, um, not fair, but, but, but it's true. But, but, um, you were you were a teenager that's different so um but but okay so so you got the phalloplasty in 2020 but you stopped seeing the therapist in 2015 i thought sometime around there so Future. how did you get the phalloplasty so they asked for a letter through a therapist and so i see my old therapist to get this letter basically and then I had to see a psychiatrist okay. to put the other letter. And then my primary doctor, who was also my endocrinologist, for the last letter. Got it. So, so you got a letter from a therapist who was no longer actively your therapist? Correct. So, so the cannabis card slash um, emotional support animal level of treatment, what level of mental health care to make sure that, that this was a good idea? I think they just kind of just based it off my history of just mm -hmm. being hormones for this long and then not really seeing like any real like red flags not to recommend it because I didn't really have any real psych issues other than just depression mm -hmm. and anxiety. But like nowadays, who doesn't have that? So, yeah. And, and I also wondered, did they ever consider that the, the testosterone was contributing to it? Did they try changing the dose of the testosterone? They messed around the dose. For years, I feel like when I switched over to like weekly sub Q shots of a, I believe it was a point four. I do pellets now. Um, it was like a point four dosage. What is a pellet? So they have hormone pellets nowadays. It's like called sort of. It's called Testapel, and so basically they cut open like a little incision like on the butt and they pretty much just slide the pellets in. They're good for like three months. Mm -hmm. So rather than doing like shots every week or every two weeks, the pellets just slowly go into your body. Okay. So it's kind of like, it's, a, it's releasing on a continuous rate, kind of like the puberty blocker implant. Yes. Or like a birth control implant. Yep. Um, okay. Um, So they, they're messing around with your hormone dosage. 
through this time you were depressed, but that was not or having having depression, anxiety symptoms, but but that's not um, you were able to maintain a job. Um, it Badly. sounds like you live in, independently and you you manage your finances and manage your life. So so you're you're otherwise a functioning um, despite everything. And it's it's amazing. Like like if 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 a lot of people would 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 really be having a harder time, which isn't to say that you're having an easy time, but the fact that you were able to have this whole conversation with me is. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a good sign for, for how, how you're doing. Uh, I really don't want to make your life harder. I, I really don't. <laughs> Much appreciated. Um, and, and, and I hope that you felt like this conversation has been consensual and respectful. Um, Definitely. Uh, okay. Cause I do, I, I, it's wrong. What happened to you? It's, it's, it's wrong. You didn't deserve it. And I, I really don't know how it's going to go for you because because this is a very serious disability that could easily cripple you you, you could wake up tomorrow with sepsis is it is it completely like sealed off in some way so that that i, I guess because because it's routing out of the um colostomy bag no nothing is is coming out of the other area with the fistula so there's there's minimal at least chance that you'll get get a, a an infection have they found some way to block it off so when they went back into, well, not back in, when they went in the first time, they pretty much just sewed it shut. Okay. And so, like I said, like majority of it closed up, but there's just still a bit of it that hasn't closed. And so it's questionable whether it just, it just needs time to close or if it's worth going back in there, but going through the rectum this time rather than go from above. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know, I just feel like, you get to a point where you're just so tired of fucking being uh, being in and out of surgery where you just kind of like ignore the issue and brush it aside because you know, like I was saying earlier, no matter what direction you choose, it's a surgery regardless. Yeah. And I'm, this is something where you really don't want to cut any more times than you would absolutely have to, uh, including like piercing it or anything like that for, for to stitch it up. And I'm just, I'm, I'm wondering how, what kind of imaging they've, they've really done. Is there more, more complex imaging that could be done so that we could get a really, really good working model of what, what the, the dynamic movement is? Because we don't, we don't want to just get a flat static picture while you're lying down because that doesn't tell us whether it's going to open back up as soon as you have, have, have to fart the first time, you know? Like, like how, how, do, how can we get a dynamic uh, picture of what it's going to do without actually stretching it? You know, and I feel like that could be done with adequate tension or not inadequate, adequate, adequate imaging that, that was really, really sensitive to depth and, and thickness and could really like do a very, very good job. I obviously don't have access to that kind of imaging, but it, it, it seems like like the technology could exist. And if, if there was someone enterprising who wanted to, you know, sue these doctors, that that would be the kind of expert witness to go towards is to get that, that um, to show what <laughs> you could, I'm sorry. <laughs> My you brain's weird sometimes, but if, if if you could actually figure out like how how many liters of ass gas do you have to pass in order to cause it to 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 generate enough pressure, like what is, what is how how hot can it be outside, like what Not are the actual hot. physics here? <laughs> what what can you eat to develop what density of 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 fart before before you'll. <laughs> 
before you have symptoms. Oh, terrible. Because <laughs> that should determine your settlement, I think. Shit. Have it. I number that big don't exist. <laughs> seriously, seriously. You know, I even given that you were a very credible witness, I believe I think that a reasonable juror would, would find you credible. And the fact that what you went through and are going through is so patently horrible. And the fact that you were set down this path when you were a child. And the endocrinologist, was that the endocrinologist that prescribed you the, the testosterone when you were 17? That same person? Yep. And I still see that person to this day. Okay. I, I was going to say a different word, but I was like, you know what? I'm keeping this a very clean video. I'm going to try not to swear too often. <laughs> so this I try not to swear too often, too. I didn't <laughs> like a sailor. It's terrible. Um, I just, I think it's just, just, just attention. Um, so it's faster to, there's, there's, there's an increased processing of taboo words. That's, that there's been a lot of interesting, uh, research on cognitive research on, um, mm -hmm. but, uh, uh, wow. Okay. So, so, so two, at least two of the three people were also involved in putting you on this when you were still a minor. So, yes. so they didn't, they, they didn't really have, have a reason to question themselves. No. Sounds like, yeah, wow. Uh, and you're you're still seeing the endocrinologist, um, okay. And 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 you kind of lost faith in the therapy therapist after after the gender therapist. Um, I just I just wonder if these were just bad. They were just both very bad. I don't know because I feel like even before I had a gender therapist, before I even knew you had to see one, if I even see any regular therapist at the time. Um, I went to a regular therapist first, and then I remember coming out to her as feeling as if like as if um I could be transgender, and then she was very cruel, and I think that's kind of what turned me off from therapy because I didn't want to feel judged or opening up when I thought that's what therapy is for, so you be able to open up and let your guard down. But basically, she says up on the lines that I would never find love if I were to choose that path and pretty much good luck, like, find someone that's going to love me for me. And I feel as though wow. ever, ever since then, I've been very turned off by the idea of seeing a therapist. And I think yeah. the reason why I was... I think the reason why I was open to a gender therapist was because of the fact that I knew that that therapist could get me the hormone therapy that I actually wanted. And that was just like a little obstacle I had to deal with for the meantime. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it sounds like there's the, you're, you're, uh, that therapist, was she licensed? Like what, what, how did you find her? Is she, is she reportable still? <laughs> it's horrible. It's truly horrible. Because that sabotages a person's whole lifelong relationship with all their future therapists, or lack thereof. I'm 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 really sorry um, that that happened. You know, I, I work as a therapist, um, a speech therapist, uh, but I part we are we are trained therapists and have a lot of uh, support there, um, in within our specialty. And, and there's good therapists, there's bad therapists, and, and there's also just evil people who get into those positions to hurt people like that. Yep. That's horrible. That's evil. horrible. I can't imagine the damage that that would have done to me if I had if I had disclosed that. Um, I was I was uh, uh, I, I had one negative experience, but not related to gender with therapy. But it did it did scare me off therapy probably for about two years um, mm -hmm. when I was younger. 
but otherwise I've, I've been fortunate that, that my therapists have accepted me um, and, and been, been willing to talk to me about what I think is going on and not, not make bizarre predictions. Like, why would you say that to someone? Right, right. Oh, oh, you're afraid of something? Well, it's going to come true. It's definitely going to come true. That's Whoa. my official mental health expert opinion. <laughs> yeah, spiders are definitely there. You eat them in your sleep. You're afraid of spiders? Okay. Beautiful. You don't want to go bald? You lose this much hair each day. <laughs> yes, you do look fatter. <laughs> it's just so psychotic. Like, <laughs> um, wow. So, um, so what next for you right now is is that you you're you're going to make another attempt to go get a revision? Your next revision. Um, it just depends how the testing comes back. If the official is still open, it's going to be, you have to go get your testing. Yeah. They agree with the gram. If the official comes back to be still being open and being a potential problem, it's a revision. If the official miraculously closed, I can get rid of this poop bag and then hopefully finish phalloplasty without any more major setbacks. I really, really hope that it's good news. Now it's going on what? I really hope that it's good news. I hope so, too, because at this point in time, it's just too much bad news. That's why I kind of feel like 2020, 2021 is a very bad two years altogether. And I just feel like whatever support that I had at one point whether it was that one person I mentioned in the video or even yeah. just friends, it's just like once that energy is no longer around, it just makes you not want to like let anyone into my life because I feel as though I could get close to them and it's like the same thing. Like, I'm tired of the cycle where like you meet new people and you don't know how long they're being in your life for. And so you want to be guarded but then you know it's not healthy to be guarded that you should like give people a chance. But then like right. people remind you every day like how fucked up people are and then it makes you hate yourself for being a good person when you're not the one that's in the wrong here it's mm -hmm. it's 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 hard it's hard when you when you're when you're uh you know our sorry i, I get emotional because i went through my my next surgery i was 24 and, you know, I came out of that and with the news that, no, I wasn't going to be like my friends. I was still going to have this problem. And um, it's not exactly the same, but it's, 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 it's very, it's complicated and it's confusing. You lose a lot of relationships when you're 20, even in the best of, in your twenties and the best of circumstances, it's, it's, everybody's growing and changing so much. Um, and, and. It's hard to have a relationship across that divide um of of chronic chronically ill or chronically disabled and 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 doesn't have those problems um, right and and it, i, I think, think you mentioned one that comment that did. Of, sorry go ahead that cheating was part of your relationship ending too so that's another betrayal and 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 so it's that's uh 
the fact that you've been through all of that and, and are still turning around and saying, I'm, I'm going to bear my soul and be an open book and, and, and talk about these, these really personal like medical trials that I'm stuck in um, to help other people. You know, you, 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 you're, you're a good person. Thank you. And I just, I really admire your spirit and I, I hope that, that you can find a way through and I hope that you see me as a resource because I want to help. I, 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 I don't know the ideal way to help, but, but I do want to help. Thank you. Seriously. I didn't know how this little talk was going to go out. I was like, it's going to be a really long talk that might to answer these crazy questions as to why would you butcher your body and so forth. And I was like, oh, God, should I drink before this video? <laughs> Is it one of those videos? Or yes. Oh, oh yeah, I I, uh, I can see like it took a lot of courage to to come on here and not not be sure whether that you were just gonna have to log right back off. Was was like was I gonna make you feel like a, an alien or a freak of some sort? Uh, but just, no, I, I was saying before the audio, I see us as as kindred. I don't I don't see you as other. Much appreciated. I was saying is the one comment I think that actually kind of got under my skin a little bit. I feel like most of the comments are kind of like very passive aggressive, so it wasn't that serious. But I think it was a comment I'm on the lines where they were like, oh, I don't blame that person for leaving. Imagine having to fucking take care of someone for this amount of time and so forth. As if like I was um, an inconvenience or as if like I was less than anyone else because of the journey I'm going through currently. And it frustrated me because not for nothing, even when I was recovering, I was still taking care of her. I was still the one cooking and cleaning and doing most of the driving and so like i was never yeah. disabled to the point where i couldn't do anything serious like maybe maybe like bathing but other than that like i was able to like move and still cook for myself throughout this whole journey and mm -hmm. so when i seen that comment they made it seem as if like i couldn't take care of myself at all and that like anyone that talks to me i'm gonna be a huge inconvenience and it's just kind of fucked up so i'm like damn like I would never want to inconvenience anyone. And if I ever feel like I'm bothering anybody by asking for too much, I would just simply leave them alone because ultimately I want someone to be with me because they want to be, not because they mm -hmm. feel obligated because like I'm going through something. And mm -hmm. so it's kind of like as shitty as it was that she left during that time. It's better for her to leave now than to stick around longer in the journey and just to leave at a later point, I feel like the longer someone's in your life, the more it's gonna hurt you. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like uh, when when they leave, it leaves a wound that's as large as their time in your life. I feel like and 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 their level of attachment a lot of times. So um, when I was getting that 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 seventy five thousand dollar test, that was a, a period where I, I have a, a seizure disorder. And, um, uh, during that time I was, I'd gotten to the ER for that purpose reason. Um, I think I'd only gone like three times that year, but, but it had been every couple months for about six months. And, uh, I was seen, I was with a partner and, and, and this person, uh, ended it on the grounds that they didn't want to be with someone who had to go to the ER every couple months. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't, that's not my life now. That was a temporary thing, but it's like, I, I appreciate knowing that that's the kind of person that that person was. It's that's a shitty thing though. I don't know. I you think it's ironic. Too. Too, but it wasn't, 
it's like thanks for the vote of confidence <laughs> right love that but i, I think that person's there so can you hear me yeah i can hear you can you hear okay. me yeah i was thinking like the craziest thing is after my video went viral to me anything under 10k isn't viral but it's neither here or there um I think she came across my video because I randomly got a text message from her Christmas Eve among the lines of like, oh, like thinking of you, wishing you a Merry Christmas, whatever, whatever. But it was random because we haven't talked since October because I gave her her birthday gift. Despite mm -hmm. us no longer like talking on that level, I'm not an asshole to be like, oh, well, like we don't talk or we're not together. Like whatever I bought you, like I'm keeping. Mm -hmm. My thing is I ordered her that gift cause she wanted that gift. Mm -hmm. And so I was gonna be a person and follow through with it. And so I still gave her that gift. And then I shortly realized maybe like a week after the fact, like I barely heard from her. And so I stopped trying to force conversation. And so it was also weird because I got a message on Instagram at the time Cause my phone, when I'm at work, I turn my phone off to save my battery cause my phone's in my car. Yeah. And so she thought her number was blocked. And so she continues to message me saying like, oh, like I tried texting you. Um, I think I'm blocked, which is understandable, but I want to let you know, I've been thinking of you and Merry Christmas once again. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of the fact like, if you could understand why I might block you, why would you continue to reach out? And so I didn't respond to her for a while because I'm kind of like, it's kind of annoying how like when I was reaching out to keep even a friendship with you, despite how dirty you did me, um, which the friendship was originally your idea and I didn't want to go along with it, but I kind of sucked it up because I figured having her in my life, even remotely, is better than nothing. And so I was putting up more energy into a friendship that I was getting and so I stopped reaching out and that's why it didn't make sense to me now. Like she would suddenly reach out to me two months later. And so I'm like, she must've seen the video because why else would you reach out to me? Like there's, there's really no need or someone she knows might have sent her the video. But even mm -hmm. then I feel as though, despite how the chapter ended, I still painted her out in a positive light. I didn't talk bad oh, about her. her. Yeah, I, 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 thought, I thought that was a very measured way of where you, you gave room for your own feelings and you also gave room for the fact that, you know, she was in a situation that that, that she didn't sign up for necessarily or that she, she realized she couldn't handle and, and that it hurt you. But like, I, I thought you did a good job of, of, of saying, you know, like, I respect her and her, 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 her needs and such, but these were my honest feelings and I'm not going to pretend that I didn't have those either. And that's where I kind of feel like, I have a lot of like mixed feelings towards her at this point in my life because like I want to hate her, but it's not mm -hmm. in me to hate her. But yeah. then I get angry because I'm like, even if you just owned up to the things you did, it took accountability for your actions. I would be mm -hmm. willing to like leave that in the past, but it's just the fact that I feel like she don't be acknowledging, yeah, like the damage she's done and the toxicity she often brings. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I don't think she's a bad person. I think she's young and has a lot of growing up to do. And I yeah. kind of feel though we're both on totally different paths. And it's kind of like, mm -hmm. if our paths cross maybe 10 years down the line, cool. 
But if it doesn't, I know for a fact that there's billions of people in this world. I might not find my person this year or next year or the year after that. But hopefully while I'm still able to do things and not be on one of those senior breakfasts in a wheelchair talking about pot, that's the hot sauce. <laughs> well, I worked at a lot of care homes. Those, those, life is still <laughs> worth living even when you're like at that point in your life, but you definitely have a lot of time between now and then. And and I really hope that you get back at your, um, uh, some, some of what, what, what you've lost that you can get back. I hope, I hope you're able to, um, but, but even if you can, I, you know, grass grows where you water it. I believe that you'll be able to with, with your, your, um, level of, 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 uh, self-awareness and compassion that you've demonstrated, even for people who've hurt you, um, the, the, when you are ready, it will just happen. You you will find someone, and and they will become special because you've made them special. Right. But I I, I believe that someone is is going to be very very excited to have met you when the time is right. Shit, I hope so. You know how tired it ask it is asking, "What's your favorite color? What's your zodiac <laughs> sign?" It's wow. hard. Our signs are compatible. I'm still going to talk to you though. <laughs> oh what's your sign oh it's a sign oh i'm sorry i'm yeah it makes you another human i don't think it's gonna work out <laughs> oh you were born never mind i'm not interested <laughs> yeah oh, okay um I'm trying to think what else there is that that, that we haven't touched on um do you have anything else that you would you would like to add that you feel like um, came up or got skipped over? Um, nothing crazy. I think this goes back to the main message of this whole video of why I was very open to um, talking to you. This goes back to respect. Um, I feel like you and I have different beliefs in different um, fields, but I feel like we have, we have the same common ground that like we're good human beings and we care about people. We might not agree with what they agree with or the choices they made, whatever path they're on, whatever lifestyle they're living. But at the end of the day, like if someone's a good person, despite whatever they have going on, whatever demons they're battling or so forth, they should still be treated like a good person. And so I feel as though when people look at me, I don't want them to look based off whatever sex or gender or trans or not trans or however they want to see me and just see a human a human that's just trying to be happy in this one life we were given and trying mm -hmm. to make the most out of it and making mistakes along the way, but also being very proud of how far I come in life in different areas. The fact that despite having this whole transition, gender dysphoria, gender identity disorder and so forth, I was able to graduate high school. I was able to go to college. I was able to support myself. I feel like a lot of people think trans people don't have their life together, don't can't hold a job, live with their parents, but um, I can hold a job. I don't live with my parents. Yeah. And so yeah, I think people need to base their opinions not off the cat not off transgender the word itself, but based mm -hmm. off the individual, no matter how you wanna label them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what did you study in college? Exercise science. I didn't end up finishing cool. that. I actually ended up doing something different. Mm -hmm. 
but now I'm doing nutrition. So I kind of did a whole 360. <laughs> Do you think you'll end up like a personal trainer? At some point, once I get my body back to where it needs to be and get some consistent motivation. Yeah, I'll I mean, even you could be a very specialized one and work with people who are recovering from complex injuries. That is true. I didn't even think about that. You have complex disabilities who, who need to help learning how to train safely because they have maybe this or that problem. Hopefully they're not shitting in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> no, but even if they are, you never know. You just you yeah. got to teach them. Bring a towel with you and wipe down the machine if your bag oh. spills. Just hope your bag stays on. <laughs> Has that ever happened? Has that oh. ever actually happened where it falls off? Oh, not even working out. But when I first got my colostomy bag, and I was still trying to do things because it was summertime. And so I remember when I was seeing um, that girl, my friend was in town too, because from New York. And so we took a ferry to Martha's Vineyard. And so, you know, we're sitting on the chairs and I'm like having a beer. And then I'm feeling my stomach and I'm like, what feels wet? I didn't spill my beer. And so I go to the bathroom, I lift my shirt up. And then I see the bag has like starting to like peel off. And so like the stoma was somewhat exposed and then you could like see like the poop pretty much all over the place. Mm. Yikes. <laughs> and I didn't have an ostomy bag on me, like an extra one. And so I had to wait till we got to um the port and buy this, I think it was like $10 for tape to tape this bag down. Wow. Until I got back so I got home to change the bag. <laughs> oh. that's, that's, that sounds like a nightmare. That that sounds like an actual nightmare. Oh, it gets worse. I don't know if you ever smelled. It gets worse? I don't know if you ever smelled ostomy poop. No. But ostomy poop has the most. Oh, that's like baby poop smell. Baby poop is like ostomy poop smell. Oh, I don't I think know. That's like, I definitely I, have smelled I, ostomy poop. I don't mean many baby poops, but the ostomy poops. Oh, <laughs> it's not a pleasure smell. It don't matter what you eat. This shit stinks regardless. And so at that point, with the poop being exposed, I was stinking. <laughs> and it was not a good feeling. Because I'm like, shit. Did you stand up? Huh? Did you stand up? No, but I should. You should. <laughs> You're really funny. You have quite a talent. <laughs> Especially that you could joke about this. <laughs> I feel like if you can't make humor out of this poor situations you're going through, I'll just say shittiest again. But I'm like, that's, I'm, I'm overusing that word. Poor mm -hmm. situations you're living through. Who can? Or just like reaction videos. I feel like it would be, it'd be good income stream for days you oh, can't get out, of, get out of the house. It would just be me. It would just be me eating pineapple, like. Yeah, I'd laugh. I'd watch if you just if you just if you just broke up the video at the opportune time and just like made a face. <laughs> like that's half of my content. It's just like. Man. <laughs> You've got some good faces. <laughs> Thank you. Some quality faces. <laughs> oh shoot. Um, but it 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 is it is nice to think about though for longer term thinking of like like there might you might have a permanently reduced capacity to go to work, and it might it might be different in the future if if things keep like or or might fluctuate or something. So so um, I think content creation seems like really something you have a knack for. 
you have the humor for, you have the compassion and insight for. Um, I'm just not very consistent. I feel like if I was like consistently making content, maybe mm -hmm. I know with me that I'm like, oh yeah, I'll do this. And then after a week, maybe I'll be like, oh, like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that later. And then a few months pass by and so forth. <laughs> I, I just, I, I hooked the likes directly to my self-esteem. And so that helps me keep doing it. Oh, there you go. This is like 90% of my self-worth comes directly from likes now. It's healthy. It's the healthiest way. I'm going to make a response video to you saying that's healthy. Like, <laughs> it's healthy? It's Terp healthy. says likes for self-worth is healthy. I can't. The, <laughs> the Not Factual Files <laughs> by Ryan James. <laughs> it's kind of catchy. Yeah, the, the Not Factual Files. Pseudophiles, the faux files. Uh-huh. Counterfactual files, maybe. Um the butch files. But like not even not even about the trend stuff. Even if you just like reacted to like a show like 90 Day Fiance and just made faces, I bet people would subscribe. I used to love 90 Day Fiance when lockdown first took place. I'd be like, Mom, let's watch 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> and we would just binge I, and binge. It's so bad. <laughs> I think my the worst one was the the the, the guy that like the has like a nineteen year old big Ed girlfriend yeah the big creepy Ed guy like, you're a character <laughs> oh so bad I think he's on a new spinoff series but I don't remember what it was called. <laughs> Ninety day sentence. He's in jail, maybe. Ninety next. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, we've been going almost two hours now. It's not that I don't wow. haven't been really enjoying this conversation, but I am feeling myself needing a break. Um, but well, um, I have to go back to work in five and a half hours. Okay, so let's let's keep chatting. <laughs> um, five and a half hours. So you work nights? Yeah. So my actual shift is overnights, but when there's short staff, you can be forced to work. And so I got forced to work on first shift. Got it. Um, well, I hope that they give you. They're giving you accommodations at your job for your your me bag and all that. You're getting treated fairly. Um, I don't really even bother with it, honestly. Like, I mention it that I have it, but like, I don't really make a big deal out of it. Okay. Well, if you don't really need the accommodations, then no, because I just feel like, at the end of the day, like, that just puts more eyes on you. Mm -hmm. And I, I just go into work, you know, do my job, get paid, and then just live life or try to live life. Got it. Because you, you definitely do have rights. I mentioned that that I've been a, a, a superior court plaintiff for uh, it was it was dis disability discrimination both times. Um, so I'm, I'm familiar with the federal law and California law. I know you're in Massachusetts right now, but the federal yeah. law still applies. Um, okay. Yeah, my my attorney at the time explained it to me, the saying that 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 juries don't like having to sit and watch court cases for two weeks. And so mm -hmm. if, if, if it ends up in front of a jury, the jury will tend to want to punish one side for making it happen. And so 
they'll, they'll find for whoever they they blame less for for bringing bringing them to court. So I, mm. I, I feel I just feel like it's it's and the, did you engage into any of these contracts? I meant to ask uh, earlier um, when you were still in California. Did any of the the contracting for these surgeries happen when you were in California before you went to Boston? No, it was all here. So you flew to Boston and then met with them and signed a contract. Well, no, I was ready. I moved back here. And then um, I want to say I scheduled a console mm, maybe six months after I first moved here. Don't quote me. But not long after I moved back here, I scheduled a console. The console was kind of far out. I think I had to wait a good minute. So I actually had it. And then they pretty much said in like, I think it was eight to 10 months, I could be under for surgery. Okay. So, but um, I, I was just thinking that, that if, if you had done that when you were still in California, you might still be able to sue them in California, even though the surgery happened over there. But if, if everything happened over there, then probably you wouldn't be able to sue in California. Um, no. But but that doesn't mean you can still sue. Um, I'm just not as nearly as familiar with, with uh, any of their, their unique legal things, but maybe we can Either one of my followers uh, will know somebody or um, somehow get you in touch with someone who would be interested in, in helping you because because this is it seems like a very clear cut case where, where um, it's it's hard to blame you. And it's also hard to suggest that you're not um, credible. And, and I think that this this video um, more so than than your initial video even shows that, that you can stand up to being uh, questioned. Um, including by someone who's not um, automatically uh, necessarily on your side, you know, I'm, I'm on, on, on the other team, but, but, um, and so I'm asking hard questions and that are personal and, and, and uh, where you have reason to see me as being um, uh, not your lawyer, you know, for instance, not, not that I'm a lawyer at all, but, but um, it, I, I, I would imagine that, that, that someone would have to work pretty hard to, uh, to, to flap you. You seem somewhat unflappable. Which is incredible, given the, the what you. I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. it's intended that way. Yeah, yeah. You oh. you seem like you have you're you're very level headed. I think that's another big thing too. That like I don't know why people have the, have the uh, have an opinion that people that are trans are delusional or that like we don't have like rationality. I just mm -hmm. kind of feel as though like it's just a difference of opinion on lifestyle choice. Mm -hmm. it's it's a very very um big tent you know there's you, you can't generalize about why a person is identifying as trans uh even if they've gone through all these procedures that you've gone through it doesn't necessarily mean that they're an unreasonable person and mm. one, reason, one thing i really want to accomplish with my work is is to show that, that that there is diversity and we should be responding to individual stories and individual people and seeing them as individuals some of them have bad motives some of them have good motives some of them are, are, are more victims. Some of them are less victims. Some of them are, 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 are more delusional. Some are less delusional. Some, you know, a little, but, but you, can't, you can't assume that the, the, the person is unreasonable until you've actually talked to them and tried to interact with them as mm -hmm. a reasonable person. So we need to show reasonableness in order to find out if we're talking to a reasonable person. And, and that, that, that requires shows of good faith. It requires uh, trust and risk. So thank you for coming on and, 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 uh, also extending to me the, the assumption that perhaps I'm reasonable. Of course. 
So I feel like this is a very productive conversation and I will definitely, um, of course, you'll have access to it. Um, I think I think especially some of the narration parts might be really helpful for um, it, it saves work for for the the attorney too because then the attorney isn't having to think of all these things. Someone with medical expertise has already asked you a bunch of questions and, and tried to structure in a way that other people can follow along. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm hoping that this is helpful for, for getting you um, that. I um, hope so too, but I think the, the biggest message I want to get across just the fact that my quality of life has drastically decreased since having this surgery. And then I just feel like whatever I end up settling on will just pretty much reprimand. Is that the word? It would pretty much recommend. Not recommend. Reprimand. Is that the word? Reprimand or? There you go. There you go. There you go. Punish? Be a consequence? Not punish consequence. Pretty much, I feel as if there was a settlement for all the damage I've done over this time. Recompense. You want, yeah, recompense. You, you want money back. You want some kind of compensation. Yeah, exactly. So, like, money is not going to bring happiness, but I feel like money will help me bring my life back to where it should be. I feel like money could get me a place on the West Coast, or, like, even if it's just enough money to move into an apartment, it'll get me out of a state that I feel trapped in. Based yeah. off the fact I'm in and out of surgery, and it's just the fact that with me being in and out of surgery, whatever money I do save is pretty much my recovery money, and so recovery you're money for a bit of money or food, <laughs> huh? Like you, you're you're clearly you didn't do this for money. You're not motivated by unjust enrichment. You know you're trying. You you were you've no, been I totally harmed, unimaginably yeah. harmed, and as somebody who who has gotten been made whole myself after being harmed unjustly you don't know how much of, a, of an emotional relief it is separate from the the amount of it it has to be enough but there's there's an emotional relief of knowing that there's a system in place that made you whole and exactly. and i think you deserve that being in a different and different climate going back to like an old setting that's very familiar to me it will just feel like I'm finally back at home. And I feel like being at home will bring back some sort of peace in my life. It might not be my body or it might not fix the trauma I went through, but at least I'd have my old joy back in my life. Some sort of normalcy because you've been you've been trapped. You've been you've been, you've been really stuck. Um Yeah, in Massachusetts, it's a liberal state, but I still feel like it's still not the best if you're someone of my lifestyle. Right. Are you from like Bay Area specifically? Am or I from what? what? What part of California? I used to live in the Inland Empire, Ontario, to be exact. Oh, interesting. I grew up in San Pedro. I was uh, oh, okay. with my childhood down there, and then I've been in the Bay Area since I was 18. I came up to go to Berkeley. Oh, nice. It's expensive in the Bay Area. Yeah. I mean, it's expensive <laughs> nowadays, but. Yeah, unfortunately, I have a good, uh, good, good job situation, but it is it's definitely expensive. Definitely. So, um, okay. Well, I've really enjoyed talking to you. Um, I hope that uh, I hear from you, and and I may reach out and bug you if that's okay uh, to find out about what what you found out at your your medical appointment. No, of course we can definitely keep in contact, and I'm definitely down to collaborate again. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And and. Um, 
hopefully more good can come of this. I, I, I think that um, we certainly got a lot more context for your story than even was in the original video. So I'm, I'm very glad that, that we did this. I think that this, this uh, stands to help people. Definitely. They can see that you're not motivated by, by animosity towards trans people, obviously. You're, you're not, um, you're, you're just trying to help. You're, you, you just exude sincerity. Thank you. So, all right, well, um, take care and uh, stay well. You too. All right, thanks, bye. Bye.